Welcome to the MIND podcast. MIND stands for Michigan New Educators. This podcast is a place where new educators and sometimes their guests offer encouragement and insight into a profession understood by few, but talked about by many. So whether you are an educator, love an educator, want to be an educator, or just need to learn more about us, we're glad you're here. Our hosts are four early career teachers brought together by the Michigan Education Association. The MEA is here to help educators in all stages of their careers. And that's the school bell, signaling it's time to start. Knowing when, and we are the MEA group mine. We're here and we are trying to create a network of new educators in the state of Michigan and just providing that support for them so that they can endure this career and survive in this career um, because we know that it takes a whole village of people to um, make this the incredible job that it is. Um, I'm Danielle, and this is my fourth year of teaching. I am a fourth grade teacher. My name is Brittany. This is also my fourth year teaching, and I am teaching a 2-3 split this year. My name is Amanda. This is also my fourth year teaching, and I am a high school German teacher. My name is Skye. This is my second year teaching in elementary. Um, I'm a fourth and fifth grade teacher. So today we are going to go ahead and start looking at um, knowing when to look at your contract and when to say no, because I think as new educators, that's something we really struggle with. And something we really don't understand is the ins and outs of our contract. Um, so we're going to start off today just talking about why it was so important for us to join the union. Um, Brittany, why did you join the union? So I joined the union because growing up, my dad was very involved in the Teamsters union within his work. And he just, he took it all home with him. He, you know, we talked about fighting for the rights of his employees and it was just, deeply embedded into our family and the beliefs of our family. And so um, he unfortunately had passed away, but I knew going into teaching that this was something I could do to honor him and I knew how important it was, but I, I didn't know exactly what went into the contract and all of that, but I knew it was very important to join the union. So did you, it was completely your choice. You weren't necessarily approached by anyone to join. You just said, I know this is something I need to do. Yes, I knew I definitely needed to join. I was contacted via email from my district, you know, from the union within my district, but it was something that I already had a plan that I knew I was going to join. Um, so I joined the union. On one hand, I definitely joined because I knew a lot of the benefits that came along with it. But on the other hand, I knew that if I was going to start a career in education and stick with it through the long run, which is definitely my plan, I knew that I wanted to be as involved as possible with organizations and groups that were going to make my job better, um, you know, more beneficial and help me get through to more students. So I saw joining the union as a way for me to, um, you know, be included in the conversation to, you know, help our schools and help our students for the better. I feel like my story is pretty similar to Brittany's. Um, my parents are pretty liberal people. It never really came across my mind to not be a part of the union. Um, I know in college uh, 
they really stress to all of us going into education, hey, you really mm -hmm. do want to be a part of your union no matter where you go. So um, right away when I got my job, that was one of the first things that I did. <laughs> Um, and then my knowledge of the union was very limited. Um, going into the education program and finally getting in the classrooms, my college did, um, they did um, encourage that we joined SMEA, and which I did. And again, my knowledge was very limited. All I remember is having to download the app and the discounts that I got. And I was like, oh, cool, I get a free extra pretzel at Annie Ann's. And um, I was just very, like I said, I didn't understand what it all entailed other than an insurance policy. Um, and when I actually got into my own classroom, I remember I was approached by my union president um, before the very first day of school. And I joined just because I thought that was what we did. We joined the union. And in my district, we're a very union-strong district. You know, we sit at about 85%. And um, my co-teacher, she she's like, Danielle, you, you want to be a part of this. And, you know, later I found out she was on our negotiating team, which, you know, she's a rock star. And um, I did learn and later utilize my union as I've learned more about it. It's definitely um, been an advantage for me to be a part of this team. Mm -hmm. I think another major benefit that um, all of us here have been able to see firsthand is the leadership opportunities that the union offers. So many times when we think about teaching, you know, we think, okay, I go in, I teach, I grade some papers, I go home. And a lot of times with like the traditional teaching track, the only leadership would maybe be like a department head or if you want to go into the admin approach. Mm -hmm. But what the MEA, I think we've all been able to see uh, does is it allows you to have these leadership opportunities while you're still in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, I can still teach German, still be with my students, and also be able to work for an organization that is, you know, connected to what I'm doing and gives me leadership opportunities to, you know, to grow as a person and to also eventually and help my, my career as well. And to um, piggyback off that, I would say just the MEA is really supportive and helping you find what you're passionate about and really within a union you know that's really if you're passionate about education you can find leadership opportunities to really show that passion and work towards that passion so we're all passionate about new educators and retaining and supporting and empowering new educators so we have found leadership opportunities within that not only that, but I feel like your union can really be whatever you want it to be as well. If you are looking for social opportunities within your community, the MEA can offer that through your local union. Um, leadership opportunities, as we've said before, really anything that you want it to be, it is there for you. And as a new teacher, it's kind of hard to find these opportunities, too. I know from my experience, I wasn't sure where to look or didn't hear about any socials or gatherings besides a few initial um, meetings about what the union was. And now that's what we want to do. We want to provide opportunities to get people together and form a community. Absolutely. Um and when we talk about our union, you know, we do have this community of people, but we're this community of people that are all on the same team. And when we think about that, our union fights for our contracts and our contracts are such a huge component of what we do in the classroom. You know, they set these boundaries for us, um, but then they also, you know, give us so many opportunity and um you know, truly provide for us as educators within our rooms. Um, and that's something that we need to go ahead and you know, look at and understand our contracts, you know? 
Yeah, I think a lot of times as a new teacher, you hear, you know, people talking about the contract, and the contract is sort of just this foreign, you know, thing that exists that controls a lot of your day-to-day, but, you know, in your first or maybe even second year, you probably don't really understand the contract. Mm-hmm. You know, you signed your healthcare stuff, you, you know, did what you needed to do, but getting to know your contract um, is something that a lot of new teachers maybe haven't had the time to do, and it is it's really important to know what's offered and what you're required to do and maybe things that you didn't even know that are in your contract that can help you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely what we want to talk about today because you might be stressed and overwhelmed and have so many things going on as a first few years into teaching. And we want to show you some and talk about some really important things that the contract has for you. So speaking of that, you know, Each of us, I think it's important to talk about something that's a highlight in our contract or something we've benefited from our contract. Um, I know for um, myself, um, one thing that I've truly benefited from is the duty-free lunch. You know, that's my time to decompress and talk with my coworkers. Or, you know, unfortunately, sometimes there are those days that you just need that extra time to get stuff done and you don't want to work. But, you know, it's it's your time. You get to utilize it how you want. And, you know, having that duty-free lunch is huge. So I, I've mentioned it in a previous episode, but I'm, I'm a traveling teacher, which means I teach at two high schools. And during third hour, I travel between the two buildings. And one of the things that's a major benefit in my contract is I get, I get, you know, um, compensated for the fact that I'm losing half of my prep and I get to um, bill all of my mileage between the two buildings as something that I get a little bit of money back for. And that's something that's, you know, in my contract that I'm super grateful for. And it sort of definitely eased the pain of having to, you know, having to travel, which can be a huge inconvenience. Um, I know one thing for me, we were having a hard time last year um, with paper in our school. And one thing that I did not know was part of our contract was that paper was supposed to be provided to us um, for copies for our students. Um, When I found that out, I stopped buying my own reams of paper. And, you know, we as a group demanded that our administrators buy that paper for us. So... And sometimes there are just minuscule things. Like, I would never have thought to check a contract for whether or not my school provided paper. But it's reasons like that where you really should read through and double check because sometimes, you know, what your admin's saying or what your building is saying is not always in, you know, connected to what the contract's saying. And it's really important to know that so you can advocate for yourself. And I know as a new teacher, you hear contract and you're like, oh my gosh. This is some big, scary paper that I'm mm-hmm. probably not <laughs> able to long. understand. Yes, exactly. You think of Ariel and Ursula in there. Right. Sign a life away. Am I going to lose my voice? What's going to happen here? <laughs> <laughs> well, and not only that, but as teachers, we barely have enough time as it is. Mm-hmm. And so to take the time to read this long document, you're like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Like, why do I really need to do this? I'm sure I'll figure it out on the way. But... 
truly understanding your contract beforehand is so important. So even if you don't want to read it yourself, sign, find somebody in your school that is mm -hmm. super knowledgeable about the contract and have them explain it to you. Also, I know within our um, own local union, they have sessions where they will explain the contract mm -hmm. to oh. um, people. They'll have uh, meetings for that as well. One thing that my local has done, and it's actually just at one of my schools, is they have quick five-minute um, or five to ten-minute meetings before school where they they keep to that time, they honor it, and they'll go over like one little piece of the contract um, for you to know about. And I remember, I think it was last year, I was sitting in one of those meetings and they were talking about personal days, sick days, and you know the sick bank. And they had said, well, yeah, you know, your personal days, the, those don't roll over. You have to use those. But sick days roll over. And I, I had no idea that my personal days didn't roll over. And so the first, you know, two years of my career, I didn't use my personal days. Mm -hmm. And they were just wasted. And yeah. that was something that, you know, if I had known, I would have absolutely used them. I wouldn't have taken a sick day. I would have taken a personal day. Um, so it's like, I wish I'd known my contract earlier. <laughs> I mm -hmm. wish I'd taken the time earlier. Um, I could have saved myself a little, a little bit of, you know, I don't know. I could have taken a personal day. Right. Of a sick day. Mm -hmm. No. And like piggybacking off of what Sky had said earlier, you know, the contract is a very overwhelming document and, you know, and having that person that, you know, knows it in and out and like I said my co-teacher, she's on the PN team. So she is, she basically helped write the thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, again, I was so not knowledgeable of what it all consisted within my, my first uh, first and second year of teaching. And uh, similar to Amanda, I was working lunch because my kids were yeah. misbehaving. And, you know, my principal had said something to me. And, you know, I thought it was my job to, you know, figure out what's going wrong, sit with them during lunches. And, you know, my, my co-teacher, she said to me, she goes, Danielle, you don't need to be doing that. You, you have a duty-free lunch. If you're in that room, you need to be compensated for that. She goes, granted, you can be there by choice. And as good teachers, you know, we want to be able to make sure our kids are behaving and know how to handle different settings. Um, but I was doing it because I thought I had to do it at one point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that person telling me, no, this is what a duty-free lunch consists of. That was huge for me. Oh, yeah. I have a similar experience to you. I know last year... We didn't have any lunch assistants or recess assistants, so it was the teacher's job to then be that assistant for lunch and recess, which also happens to be our duty-free lunchtime. Mm -hmm. I had absolutely no idea, and I'm sure it wasn't our administrator's intent, but we definitely felt guilty not stepping up and being there. I mean, but at the end of the day, you you have that right as a teacher to take that lunch. It is mm -hmm. not your job to fill in in those places. You need to do what's best for you, whether that's, you know, maybe filling in once or twice a week or not at all or taking that time to have that lunch. It is your lunch to choose however you want to take it. And also just seeing if if there are opportunities for you to get paid during that lunchtime mm -hmm. too. If you if you need to and there's absolutely no way that you can be without the lunch assistance and everything, but if you can get paid and also help your school out and that works for you, then that's great. I would say for me, a part of my contract, again, as a new teacher, I didn't know what all went into mine. I had to talk with my building rep and just get some more knowledge and ask questions and um but 
the class size, we actually have a cap on our class size right now. So mine is 25, but we get overload pay for any extra students that come in. Mm -hmm. And so that's nice to know. And also, if you don't say something about that, that can get overlooked and people are not always eager to pay you. So you got to make sure that you, again, know your contract so that you know what the fine lines are and what you can actually get compensated for. And I know we keep saying, know your contract, know your contract, know your contract. We're not asking you to be experts on right. your contract. There might be parts that you don't necessarily understand, but making sure that you seek out the resources that are out there for you to understand your contract. That's what's most important. And just like Sky said, just be eager, seek, seek people out, ask questions. Um, it's not, it is scary to ask questions, but people are normally going to be able to help you. And like for me, um, a great perk in our new contract was tuition reimbursement. So I wanted to get my master's and they will pay part of that. So if that's something that you're interested in, see if your district provides those opportunities. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. Tuition reimbursement. Mm-hmm. That and it's not, it's not full, but any money helps. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, I know for us, like as a secondary teacher, you know, hosting clubs after school, which, you know, is taking more of your time and your, you know, your energy and in our contract, we're really lucky where we can get uh, we can get paid for hosting a club. So that's something that made me more you know more willing and more eager to you know run a German club or to run a club after school because I knew that my contract was supporting that decision and really incentivizing it. And knowing that in my contract made me a lot more excited to to get involved with that. Mm-hmm. And I think um, you know. Looking at your contract, I think it really empowers us to see what we could have a voice in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are conversations I've had with people that are like, well, why is this like this? Or why are we doing this? What could we do instead? And I think that is what is so powerful about being a union member Mm -hmm. is the whole fact that we get an entire voice from this. You know, if you just look about, look around and see the the power of the voice of a union right now and the solidarity that there is, Mm -hmm. you you become part of a team much larger than just the MEA at this point. Absolutely. And especially, you know, if you are at the point where you want to get more involved and know more about your contract or if negotiations are coming up, you can always look at contracts from neighboring districts. So that's something that I I did recently when we were going through a contract negotiation. I looked at the districts from my surrounding um, surrounding areas just to see, well, okay, what's in their contract? What's in our contract? What's different? What's the same? What could we maybe do that they do? What are we doing that's really good that maybe they're not doing? So, you know, your contract, it's its public knowledge. You can look it up. You can, you know, read through it, take it piece by piece, focus on what you think is important, um, and sort of really just learn, educate yourself. And to speak to the solidarity that Danielle was talking about, um, I recently went to the NEA conference, this leadership conference in Denver, and just to see the union working on a national level fighting for our rights, fighting for our students, and fighting for different injustices that are happening. It's very powerful, and it gives you inspiration and hope within the field, for sure. I was also at that conference, mm-hmm. and I think that... So we met. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I think it really puts things in perspective, too, when you see what other states are going through on 
mm-hmm. their scale. You know, you're really you become really appreciative of things that you do have and you take for granted. And you think about it, you're like, uh, some people say, I don't need the union. I'm like, you realize what we have that another state might not, yeah. you know, and they're fighting tooth and nail for it. There are some states that they get a one page contract. And I know that 23 page contract is overwhelming, mm-hmm. but that's protecting you. That's in, that's their work to ensure that you want to stay in this field. You know, we really got to go ahead and appreciate that, you know, and on that note of thankfulness, you know. Yeah. And I think it's important to, you know, as we talk about contract, 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 a lot of those things in our contract, honestly, most of those things in our contract are there because people in the union before us spoke up, right? Yes. That's why we have, um, you know, maternity leaves. That's why we have health care. That's why we have, you know, payment for loss of prep and duty-free lunch is because the people who were fighting for, you know, rights of educators before us were the ones pushing. So I think, really, it's like us sort of thanking them by continuing to know our contract and be Mm -hmm. thankful of all the hard work that's gone into it. Yeah. And as new educators, you know, something that a lot of um, my union strong people in my district say, they're like, I do this for you guys. Like I'm on the way out. I'm, I retire in five years, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're like, it's scary to think about what education is going to look like down the line. I mean, we are going to, we're here for a while. We're Mm -hmm. not going anywhere right now, you know? And when we think about, you know, joining a union again. This is to in, to enforce the fact that this is for the long haul. This is to instill not only it's better for our students, but for ourselves. And if we're not continuing to build this this team of amazing people who are passionate about the same things, we lose our voice. And we really need you guys to look at those contracts and be the voice for yourselves, for your districts, for your students. Mm -hmm. And just to be open-minded, you know, if you aren't in the union right now and you're just kind of wondering or you're on the fence, just educate yourself. And I also, even though I knew that I was going to join the union, I still felt some things weren't clear. So we had an MEA, NEA listening tour within my district. And I went to that and found out a lot of information about just, you know, the lobbying on the state level and just different bills that, you know, they fight for to not be passed or to educate people on. And I was like, well, that's a cause I want to support because this is my career, this is my field, and I don't want certain things that, you know, aren't right for children or teachers or things to be put into place. And I, I know that I have a voice and I can fight for that. That's right. I mean, I know a lot of people out there, they're new educators and they may have been told, hey, for your first year education, don't be a part of the union. You don't want to stomp on any feet. You're just getting your foot in the door. This is not true, people. This is, it's it's not. I'm sorry. You can be a part of the, that's, they're literally there to protect you. Mm -hmm. Be a part of the union right away. All right. You're probably more at risk not being a part of the union than you are being a part of the union. I know that one of the biggest struggles for new educators is the financial aspect. And I know we have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I know I saw that, that bill, you know, and I'm like, oh no, but you know what? It was a simple thing. It was a simple choice for me. I had one experience that completely justified everything. And it was something, I, my appendix burst six, week in, six weeks into my school year. I had no idea what to do. I burned through all of my days. My union president, he filed my sick leave bank. My, co- my co-teacher, she went ahead and did all my sub plans while I was figuring things out. I realized I was. I, they had my back. And that was something that I was like, this is worth 
every single penny because mm-hmm. I have a whole community of people that want me to be successful here. They want me to be here. They realize I am an asset to this job. Well, and I think a lot of people don't understand, too, is that a lot of local unions also have payment options mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. And even if your uh, local union doesn't, maybe go talk to somebody. Maybe go talk to the president of your local union. See what you can do. If you can't afford it now, well, maybe you can afford it later or you can work something out. Mm-hmm. I kind of think about it the same way I think about my health insurance where, you know, I don't I don't think about, oh, I have to pay this much this month for health insurance. I just know that it's money that goes yes. and mm-hmm. is allocated yeah. towards health insurance. And I kind of view my, my MEA payments the same way. You know, I it comes out of my bank account on, you know, this date every month. And I just know that that's, that's something that Absolutely. is just going to mm-hmm. happen every month. And that's, you know, for me, it's just I don't even think about it. I know that, you know, I know that I'm paying for union dues the same way that I know I'm paying for you know, my health insurance or towards my retirement plan. And again, you know, as long as you educate yourself and you feel passionate about this, the union is a membership. It's a professional organization where you really are not alone. Even if you might feel alone in your district, you can, you know, there's the group that we are starting, Mm -hmm. mine, we are looking to support new educators and just even like, um, Another person said about looking for different districts within your neighboring districts. You know, if there's people that you know that are teaching in different districts and maybe they have ideas or ways to support you, there are a lot of different opportunities. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to just, you know, express how thankful for we we are for the month of November, you know, for our contracts. For me, I am thankful for an amazing PN team that always has um, our backs. You know, they're always looking to make sure that we're being compensated, that our children are well taken care of. And, you know, we got those duty free lunches, an amazing sick leave bank. I I work for a great district and and it's an amazing opportunity. Yep, I would agree with that. I would say that I am thankful for my superintendent. She was a teacher, and she is very supportive with the union and the negotiations that happen. And right now we have a great contract going, and um, I am just very thankful to be a part of a district that supports teachers. Um, I am very thankful um, for, honestly, this leadership opportunity. Uh, As a new educator, I never thought that my voice would be heard. And I I get this opportunity now. I get to share my experiences being a first-year teacher last year. I get to um, educate other new educators so that they don't have to go through the same things that I went through my first year of teaching, which... I am so thankful for. Um, one thing that I am definitely thankful for in our contract is just a healthcare plan that takes the worry out of having to go to the doctors in regards to sort of the financial aspect. Um, you know, I Right now, my fiance does not have good health insurance, and he, you know, pays probably double what I pay a month, has no coverage, like, his deductible is, like, $10,000, and it's a huge, you know, it's a huge hurdle in his life, and for me, you know, I know that I can go to the doctor, I can get a prescription, I can go to a specialist, and it's something that is just not something that I have to worry about, so it's definitely something that I'm very thankful for.
finally, we are all incredibly thankful for all of the support that um, mine has gotten as we've started um, in the last month. You know, we've seen so many people following us on our social media. Um, again, we are Michigan New Educators on Facebook, and then we are MI New Educators on Instagram and Twitter. We have loved seeing all of the support and hearing from so many new teachers. Um, please, you know, share your stories with us. We'd love to, you know, add some of your anecdotes or stories on our podcast. Please like, share with other new teachers or, you know, more experienced teachers in your life. We really just want to build a really strong community. And please, please, please share your stories. We're looking to spotlight um, new educators in upcoming podcasts. So share your stories with us. We would love to hear from you. We will also be uh, at the MEA Winter Conference in Detroit. It is the 6th and the 7th. We'll be leading a session there to go ahead and give you guys a little bit more about what mine is and what we hope to accomplish throughout this awesome new endeavor. Um, just to save the date, we got another save the date for you, um, which will be in East Lansing at the headquarters. And this is March 21st, 2020. And on this conference, we will actually be recording our podcast with the audience. So we're really excited. We hope to see you guys there. We can't wait to hear from you guys. Um, thanks for tuning in today. <laughs>